Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by my favorite college in America, Hillsdale College, which proudly refuses every penny of government funding to remain independent. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. You know, the Republicans on Capitol Hill in the House have been handed a gold mine. They've been handed a gold mine. Now, don't get me wrong, they've worked for it. These committee hearings have been fabulous. But they're waiting for pictures of, like, a murder scene. And even worse, the Democrats are saying, if you don't have pictures of a murder scene, you know, you have no evidence that anything's going on here. Folks, there's a reason why you don't hear from Merrick Garland. There's a reason why you don't hear from the Department of Justice at all. All this is swirling around the President of the United States. All this is swirling around the Department of Justice. The outrageous cover-up deal that they cut with Hunter Biden's lawyers in order to quiet them. To get this off the table. So there's not going to be a criminal investigation of Joe Biden. Meantime, we have Nancy Mace and others coming forward saying basically we can't do an impeachment inquiry. Or it's too soon to do an impeachment inquiry. What do you need? The murder scene. You're not going to get the murder scene. You've got tons of information here than in any other situation would trigger a criminal investigation and in any other president would trigger an impeachment inquiry. So what exactly is the standard here? What's it going to take? You've got Republicans who are saying, well, this will cost us the House if we go down this path. What? You know what? Sometimes you do the right thing and you hope for the best in politics. But you do the right thing when you have the most corrupt president in American history sitting in the Oval Office. On top of being the most demented. They're not even calling for a special counsel on Capitol Hill. They're not even calling for a special counsel. Well, let me tell you something. There's not going to be a criminal investigation unless there is a special counsel. And they don't want a special counsel. Why? Because Joe Biden's corruption will be pointed out, be demonstrated. Even more, Joe Biden will have to give testimony under oath to a federal grand jury. Remember how they forced Donald Trump to answer questions under oath? At the direction of the grand jury? Joe Biden doesn't have to answer to anybody. He'll just keep lying to you, we the people. The Democrats don't worry. They got more grand juries going on Trump or anybody else who gets in the way than you can possibly imagine. Than you can possibly imagine. They're not thinking in the next election. They're thinking of destroying the people who are in their way. When it comes to impeachment, they couldn't impeach fast enough or often enough. Based on nothing. Nothing. But the Republicans are there, you know, wringing their hands. It's unbelievable to me. Why aren't they calling for a special counsel? Because we're afraid of two things. One, the wrong guy will be appointed. And number two... It'll be harder for Congress to get to the bottom of it. To get to the bottom of what? They're at the bottom of it. There should be an impeachment inquiry right now. 
No, 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 you don't understand. You're a step ahead. You're ahead of your skis. Whatever the stupid phraseology is. And they play right into the hand of the Democrats who keep saying what? There's no evidence tying Joe Biden. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. There could be DNA. There could be fingerprints. There could be everything. It wouldn't matter to them. It wouldn't matter. But when you hear Republicans say it, we're dealing in large part with quizzlings, as I said the other day. Now, there should be a special counsel appointed. There must be a special counsel appointed. Or Joe Biden will never have to answer any questions that have any legal consequence whatsoever. Period. And I would say to the Democrats, you have a problem with a special counsel? If Joe Biden hasn't done anything wrong, what's the problem? What's the problem? So only Trump heads into an election handicapped with a DA in Manhattan, an attorney general in New York, a DA in Atlanta, a grand jury in Washington, a grand jury in Florida, a trial now in Florida. Only he has to deal with that. Pretty amazing, don't you think? No, it's pathetic. Now, I want to repeat this. What is the likely crime that Joe Biden committed? I said this last week. What is the likely crime that Joe Biden committed? Please, Republicans on Capitol Hill, pay attention. I'm educating you. He's a co-conspirator in Hunter Biden's FARA violations. All you have to do is show that Hunter Biden, one count of violating the FARA. This is what Robert Mueller did. This is what they did to Manafort. That's it. One count. Joe Biden, even before today, as I explained last week, the speaker phoned 20 of those? Joe Biden would have to prove his innocence. Joe Biden would have to prove that he had no knowledge who was on the other end of the phone and so forth and so on. Yet the Department of Justice just said in court that Farah was an area they were going to continue to investigate. But they're not going to investigate Joe Biden as a co-conspirator, are they? So he has to testify under oath, as I said last week, about his son. What his son told him, what his son didn't tell him about the names of the people he spoke to those 20 times over the speaker. And by the way, that's 20 times over the speaker. How many other times did he speak to people not in front of Devin Archer? Heads of state and so forth and so on. Nobody's bringing that up. So I will. So Joe Biden needs to answer these questions under oath, under penalty of potential imprisonment. Now, of course, you can't indict a sitting president. But so what? You still need the information. We voters, don't we? Where is the evidence the Democrats want to know? Because they know that Garland's in the back pocket. And so the rational follow-up from any reporter who's with his or her salt, and most of them aren't, is, okay, you want evidence? How come you're not asking for a special counsel? You've got all this information out there. All this information out there. What's the problem? Now, what is FARA? We talk about FARA. It requires certain agents of foreign principles who are engaged in political activities or other activities specified under the statute... I'm reading from the DOJ, to make periodic public disclosure of the relationship with the foreign principal, as well as activities, receipts, and disbursements in support of those activities. Boy, they got Hunter dead to rights. Dead to rights. 
and Daddy, who participated in at least 20, and we know there are more, 20 in front of Devin Archer. 20 in front of Devin Archer. There could be 500 for all we know. 20 in front of Devin Archer. On the speaker, Daddy, come here, Daddy. Would you tell them who you are? I'm Joe Robinette Biden, Jr. I'm the Vice President of the United States. I lunch bucket Joe, they often call me. Quid pro quo Joe, it's another name they use. But Mark, you can't prove the Democrat. You can't prove anything. Okay, let's get a special counsel. No. Well, on what basis do you appoint a special counsel? Okay, let's look at the at the requirements at the Department of Justice. Section 600.1, 28 CFR. The Attorney General, in cases in which the Attorney General is recused, the Acting Attorney General will appoint a special counsel. When he or she determines, will appoint a special counsel. When he or she determines a criminal investigation of a person or matter is warranted. Is it not warranted here? I mean, I think we need to answer for the Democrats, don't we, Mr. Producer? They want to know what's the evidence. All right, let's get it for them. A, that investigation or prosecution of the person or matter by a U.S. Attorney's Office or litigating division of the Department of Justice would present a conflict of interest for the Department or other extraordinary circumstances. And B, that under the circumstances it would be in the public interest to appoint an outside special counsel to assume responsibility for the matter. Now notice they talk about an outside special counsel. So Merrick Garland even violated the appointment with Jack Smith. Because Jack Smith is not outside the Department of Justice. Oh, he's just a hag. Like I said, he's not outside the Department of Justice. And I spent a lot of time last night on Life, Liberty, and Levin going through that. We charted it. We did all of it. They simply set up another Department of Justice, and they put the worst of the worst people in there, particularly Democrat hacks. But all that said, the conditions for appointing a special counsel have been met well beyond the standard that's required. Well beyond the standard. And yet, they use this to appoint a special counsel to go after Trump. That's not even the purpose. That's not even how you do this. Nobody's ever appointed a special counsel to go after the other party or the other candidate. It, it's an internal mechanism to make sure the Attorney General doesn't appear to be in a conflict with the man who appointed him. That's the real reason this exists. But we're not hearing with a collective voice, including from the Republican leadership, that there needs to be a special counsel. Now! Now! So Joe Biden is put under oath. And then you'll get an impeachment. Because then you'll determine that in fact he was a co-conspirator to violate the Foreign Registration Act. Then you'll have it. But they don't want to go there. So what's the point, America? They don't want to go the legislative constitutional route, and they don't want to go the executive criminal route with the special counsel. So what route are they going to go on? And what are they waiting for? We need to develop the case. No! You have enough of a developed case to have an impeachment inquiry. And you certainly have enough of a developed case to have a special counsel appointed. You've got enough for both or either or we can keep just can you believe what Biden did can you believe what Archer said can you believe can you then what I mean it makes for great ratings I'm sure it makes for great conversation on radio and TV makes for great columns and columnists but it doesn't help save the damn country Mark Levin
In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. I've never been so pissed off in my life. First, the other phony charges against Donald Trump on the documents. And as I said Sunday on Fox, and as I've told you folks over and over and again, this prosecutor is... He is a Stalin's best friend, posthumously. I just read these 45 pages, this so-called indictment. This reads like nothing more than a white paper from the DNC or endless editorials from the New York Times. There is not a syllable of criminality, not a syllable of criminality that can be explained in these 45 pages. It's an attack on free speech. It's an attack on the political system. It's an attack on the right of a president to challenge an election. Whether he asks his vice president to change a position, which is perfectly constitutional. Whether he's asking state officials to see what they can do, perfectly, perfectly legitimate. And you'll notice what's missing. There's no charges of treason or insurrection or anything of that kind. They didn't have it. It never happened. How could it when he's the one who offered 10,000 National Guardsmen? So what did, what did this guy Smith do? Exactly what I said on Sunday he would do. He takes these statutes and he rewrites them. And I'm glad to see the other legal analysts have finally figured that out. I'll get into it. We're going to get into it. But it's really quite incredible. Count one, conspiracy to defraud the United States. How so? How so? Count two, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. How so? By having opinions? By fighting the election process? By fighting within the election process? By challenging the results of the election? My God, can you imagine how big the prison would have to be if count two applied to everybody, including Hillary Clinton? Count three, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. Wow, then we ought to be rounding up Jamie Raskin and all the rest of them. That's a completely bogus charge. Count for a conspiracy against rights. That is the rights of every voter in America. It was a conspiracy against all of you. This is crap. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. And Jack Smith's going to get up there. He's going to read a statement, and then he'll leave. We'll cover it because I'm dealing with it. I've asked Mr. Producer, unfortunately, at the 11th hour, because here we are, to pull my monologue from Sunday on Fox because I want to play it for you. The judge chosen in this case, you ready for this? Is one of the radical left-wing judges appointed by Obama. Trump always gets an Obama judge. How's that? How does that work? He always gets a radical left-wing Obama judge. 
The first minute I would have as a judge, I would demand that Jack Smith present himself in my courtroom. And I would say, what the hell are you trying to do? We have a presidential election. You drop these bombshells like this, like they have some meaning? They have no meaning. None. A president is free to tell the vice president of the United States, you should not accept those electors. My lawyers tell me X. And yet, that's a crime now. That's a crime now. Calling officials in a state. That's now a crime. It's a crime. Yes. There is nothing new in this indictment. Zero. There's nothing here. Lawyers are allowed to have their opinions. I suspect some of them have been indicted, but their names have not been revealed. There's six of them. President's allowed to have an opinion. He says, from on or about November 14, 2020 through January 20, 2021 in the District of Columbia, the defendant did knowingly combine, conspire, confederate, and agree with co-conspirators known and unknown to the grand jury to defraud the United States by using dishonesty, fraud, deceit, to impair, obstruct, and defeat the lawful federal government function by which the results of presidential elections are collected, counted, and certified by the federal government. Who wrote this, Joe Scarborough? The purpose of the conspiracy was to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential election. Can you imagine if this holds up? Can you imagine? By using knowingly false claims of election fraud to obstruct the federal government function by which those results are collected, counted, and certified. First of all, he believed them. That's number one. Number two, they're not all false, but number three, let's pretend they're all false. So what? Now, if you don't believe that we have an unelected rogue federal prosecutor with a team of rogue federal prosecutors that he chose as his, from his former positions at the Department of Justice, if you don't believe that Merrick Garland's behind him, Merrick Garland has to approve every one of these charges. If you don't believe that they're trying to usurp our election, I will take a break, but not for long. Here comes the hitman himself. Go ahead when you're Good ready, evening. Mr. Producer. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. He didn't charge him with that. It's described in the indictment. It was fueled by lies. Uh-huh. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. What does this have to do with They're patriots and they are the very best of us. Nothing. They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it. They put their lives in the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. They defended the very institutions and principles that define the United States. Since the attack on our capital, the Department of Justice has remained committed to ensuring accountability for those criminally responsible for what happened that day. This case is brought consistent with that commitment. No, it's not. And our investigation of other individuals continues. In this case, my office will seek a speedy trial 
so that our evidence can be tested in court and judged by a jury of citizens. In the meantime, I must emphasize that the indictment is only an allegation and that the defendant must be presumed innocent until uh, proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. Clarence Darrow, everybody. I would like to thank the members of the Federal Bureau of Investigation who are working on this investigation with my office, as well as the many career prosecutors and law enforcement agents from around the country who have worked on previous January 6th investigations. These women and men are public servants of the very highest order, and it is a privilege to work alongside them. Thank you. Why didn't you charge them to the other co-conspirators in this event? Are you worried this is going to the election? Are you planning to bring any other charges against more individuals? That's it, America. The man in charge of America's next presidential election, who is clearly rooting for Joe Biden, as is his boss, Merrick Garland, he's spoken. That's it. With his secret grand jury, with his secret personnel, with his secret decision-making, all the power that a rogue Stalinist prosecutor needs, he will have more say in this election than anybody has ever had in any election. That was a speech given by an a-hole to the media and to the Democrats. He doesn't care what you think. He obstructed the government, did Trump. Had a funny way of showing it. He left office when he was supposed to. He offered 10,000 guardsmen, which is why they couldn't bring those other charges speculated by former federal prosecutors on CNN and MSNBC. So he, he dusts off these ridiculous statutes and applies them. Mark. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. Let's see how many of the members of the Republican leadership in the Senate speak yet, huh? That Mark Short, who's uh, Mike Pence's top assistant, I don't know what he's saying on Fox, but he ought to rub that stupid look off his face. What are the rules now for running, challenging, and disputing elections? What are they? What are they? What can a candidate, when can a candidate rely on legal advice and when can't a candidate rely on legal advice? Is the president not free to discuss decisions about electors with his vice president now? Is the president free to publicly dispute election results? No, but don't you understand, Mark? Judges already ruled. Oh, I see. So when the Democrats attack the U.S. Supreme Court after that, they should keep their mouths shut after the court rules? Is that about right? The electoral process is now not purely political, but subject to subsequent review by prosecutors. Subsequent review. After the fact. They can look at it and say, you know what? You shouldn't have followed that legal advice. You know what? You shouldn't have called that Secretary of State. Why not? Why not? He can call Secretaries of State till he's blue in the face. He can challenge election results till he's blue in the face. And I told you even before the legal analysts that what Jack Smith had absolutely nothing to do with the charges here. Talks about the riot. There's nothing in these 45 pages accusing Trump of causing a riot. Their entire house of cards has fallen. So they come up with this cockamamie crap. Now, people say now the Republicans can do it, but they don't. We've got the Chris Christie's of the world. The Mitch McConnell's and the boys. They don't do the same thing. You've got enough information not just to have an impeachment hearing, but to have a vote tonight on Joe Biden. No, no, no. We've got to build a case, don't you? Well, what do you want to build, for God's sakes? And the crap senators. Mitch McConnell says, I would have had a majority, but you know what? 
You're the leader of the Republicans and you suck. I don't see why we should give you a majority, a minority. You'll suck whether you're in the majority. You'll suck whether you're in the minority. You have sucked for 15 damn years. If good men and women aren't going to speak out now, it's over. It's over. The media are corrupt. The whole system is corrupt. The fact is the Democrat Party has dragged us to this point. The Democrat Party is behind this. They were behind Russia collusion, two impeachments, Mueller investigation. They challenged not just Trump's election. The moron in Waco who sits there with that stupid look on his face. (coughs) Says nothing about what's going on. That's right, I said it. It's unbelievable. I guess this means Chris Christie's going to get more FaceTime on cable and meet the press and ABC. Yeah, we need to hear from Chris, don't we? So relevant. But that's the problem. I can tell you right now, the Democrat Party wouldn't tolerate this for two seconds. They're already out there defending Joe Biden. Leave poor Hunter alone. He's just, Joe, loving his son. Don't interfere with the family. Oh, this bull crap. But look at this. They drop indictments like it's no big deal. They interfere with a presidential election. They want to decide who the Republican nominee is going to be. And if I hear one more time, every time he's indicted, his polls go up with Republicans. But he still has to run in a general election. And trust me when I tell you, look around you. There's a lot of stupid people who vote in the general election. Look around you. There's a lot of stupid out there. This is a war against the country. That's exactly what it is. Jack Smith has destroyed our electoral system. That's what he's accomplished. I'll say it. Nobody else will. Jack Smith has destroyed our electoral system. And now... He's in front of an Obama judge. Oh, let's see how she does. Nobody will say, well, she's partisan, she's left-wing, she's this or that. Nobody. As far as I'm concerned. Pretty amazing. Every day gets worse around here. Then the idiot in Atlanta will be next. The next Democrat prosecutor will step up. The whole legal system is corrupt. I don't even know why I'm a member of the bar. I was going to resign. My wife said, no, you never know. I can't stand it. I can't stand it anymore. I spent 40, actually longer. I graduated law school. I was 23. So what is that, Mr. I have spent 42 and a half years as a lawyer. As a lawyer. It's unbelievable what I see here. It's just appalling. So now a prosecutor can look at a federal election, can listen to what a presidential candidate or a senatorial candidate or a congressional candidate has said. Why the judges have final say, all these judges aren't even supposed to be involved in this process. What they have said And I could decide if that was an effort to obstruct the legitimate outcome of an election. They talking about. Boy, oh boy. You would think even the worst never Trumpers would come forward and condemn this. You would think. But they won't. This is why I will never stop defending this man. All the rest of it, the name call it, means nothing to me. Nothing to me. 
but I will defend him to my last breath because I know as a matter of fact that what's corrupt here is the people who are trying to put him in prison the rest of his life. Put him in prison for speaking? I will say it now. Hopefully the backbenchers will regurgitate it tonight and tomorrow. Jack Smith has just destroyed the American electoral system. He's destroyed it just by bringing these charges. Whether they're thrown out, conviction, it only will get worse from here. He has destroyed the American electoral system. Destroyed it. Now, any U.S. attorney in the United States of America will have an open door to call witnesses, to put them in front of grand juries, to subpoena information, to question election results, to question somebody questioning election results, President of the United States. It won't matter if it's in the middle of an election, after an election, before an election. None of it will matter. This is why this has never been done before in American history. Never. There have been many challenges to elections. There was a challenge in 2000. Makes me wonder if Jack Smith were in charge, if Merrick Garland were in charge, would people be indicted because they dared to challenge the legitimacy of Chad's? Of the Supreme Court of Florida, they spoke, you know. They spoke. You can't challenge them. Well, the Supreme Court of the United States did. I warned you about this man before anybody else. I dug into his background. I know what we were dealing with. Same with the court system in Washington, D.C. I warned you. I told you. Not that there's anything you can do. Not that there's anything I can do. I brought Governor McDonald on the program Sunday so you could hear for yourselves what that man went through. Indicts his wife, for God's sakes. But don't worry. Don't worry, wife. If you testify against your husband, we will not, we will not imprison you. This guy is dirty. This guy has been roaming this country looking for people to to hunt, to punish. I want to remind you it was he who went after the Tea Party. He went after the Tea Party. The government wound up paying $3.5 million to various groups. Unbelievable. William Hurd, Will Hurd says, Trump is running for president to stay out of prison, scam his supporters into footing his legal bills. And this latest indictment demonstrates he's unfit for office. Asa Hutchison, it's another sad day for America with a former president being charged criminally. These are the loathsome bottom feeders of the Republican Party swamp. They can't wait to put out statements. These are hyenas. And I could only wish that 10% of what's been done to Trump would happen to them. They're opportunists. They seek to draw attention to themselves. They're self-righteous, pathetic buffoons. Mark Levin. Great one makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. We've had contentious presidential elections in the past, which this Department of Injustice and this prosecutor would say are efforts to overturn an election. Now, let me be clear about a few things. The Constitution leaves it to Congress and only Congress to sort out the Electoral College votes. It doesn't leave it to a Department of Justice. There was no Department of Justice. It doesn't leave it to a U.S. Attorney or Special Counsel. There were no U.S. Attorneys or Special Counsels. It doesn't leave it to a grand jury or a trial jury or anybody else. 
certainly doesn't leave it to inferior agencies of the federal government that didn't even exist. Congress has the final determination. In the first instance, the states have the determination. In particular, the state legislatures. I don't care what the Supreme Court says or anybody else. It's in black and white in the Constitution. To the extent Madison Notes give us any guidelines, it's there too. There's nothing left for interpretation. The election of 1800, and there are others. Thomas Jefferson and his chosen vice presidential pick, Aaron Burr, tied for first place. Because back then, ballots were voted, electors voted on a president and vice president separately, even though they might be running together. So tied for first place, the challenge to John Adams, who was president at the time, 73 to 73, Aaron Burr and Thomas Jefferson. Aaron Burr stabbed Jefferson in the back. But tied for first place due to a communication error among Democratic-Republican electors or a Burr-led conspiracy, depending on whom you believe. So right there, that would open up a federal investigation, a grand jury, witnesses, and all the rest. Of course, that didn't happen. The election went to the House of Representatives, where it's supposed to go. Alexander Hamilton, who despised Jefferson, but hated Burr even more, turned the tide by lobbying his fellow Federalists to throw their support to Jefferson after God knows how many, 36 votes. 36 votes. So the decision was made in the House of Representatives. President, President Jefferson. That's how he became president. Can you imagine the grand jury investigation? 1824. These are all early in the Republic. All four candidates for president came from the same party, the Democratic Republicans. Andrew Jackson, who was a hero of the War of 1812, he won the popular vote by fewer than 39,000 ballots. Captured 99 electoral college votes. Secretary of State John Quincy Adams took 84 electoral college votes. 41 went to Treasury Secretary William Crawford and 37 to House Speaker Henry Clay. Since no candidate earned a majority of electoral votes, the election again went to the House of Representatives. The top three are to be considered, so Clay was eliminated. But Clay still had his supporters. After a month of backroom negotiations, Clay, who came in fourth, his supporters, most of them, threw their weight behind Adams, enabling John Quincy Adams to win the House vote. To win the House vote. Now, when Adams chose Clay as his Secretary of State soon after his inauguration, and enraged, Andrew Jackson called it a corrupt bargain. That the entire election and appointment of John Quincy Adams was corrupt. And he resigned his Senate seat, and he swore he would run for president again. And he did, and he won. He was not accused of obstructing an election. Or anything else, for that matter. 1860. That election wasn't just contentious, it tore the nation apart. The Democrat Party chose Abraham Lincoln's Illinois rival, Senator Stephen Douglas. The southern branch of the party defected, choosing sitting Vice President John Breckinridge as its candidate. John Bell of Tennessee rounded out the race on the ticket of the new Constitutional Union Party. Lincoln won only 40% of the popular vote, but took most of the electoral votes in the North, along with California and Oregon. Breckinridge won the electoral votes in most of the South, along with Maryland and Delaware. 
Bell won Tennessee, Kentucky, and Virginia. And Douglas won only Missouri, despite finishing second in the popular vote. Imagine all the chaos. They gave us President Abraham Lincoln. Just weeks after Lincoln's victory, with 40% of the vote, South Carolina voted to secede. They thought Lincoln was an illegitimate president on top of everything else. Six more southern states followed, forming the Confederate States of America, February 1861. And they elected Jefferson Davis as their president. I'm putting things in perspective for you. 1876, this was a big deal. Listen carefully. Democratic governor of New York, Samuel Tilden, won by 250,000 more ballots in the popular vote than his Republican opponent, Rutherford B. Hayes, and snagged 19 more electoral college votes. So the Democrat had a quarter of a million more votes and 19 more electoral college votes. Still, the Democrat Tilden was one electoral vote short of the required majority, 185. And 20 votes remained uncounted. Florida, Louisiana, and South Carolina were too close to call. Each party accused the other of fraud. And in Oregon, an elector was declared illegal and replaced with controversial results. You're one electoral college vote away. And one of the people in Oregon, an elector, was declared illegal and replaced. As the crisis mounted, threats of another civil war. Another civil war loomed. What happened? Congress established a 15-member commission of senators, congressmen, and Supreme Court justices, including seven Republicans, seven Democrats, and an independent to decide the election. This is something that Josh Hawley had thought about in the 2020 election, for which he was viciously attacked. After the swing vote turned in Hayes' favor, that one voter who had replaced the other one decided to support Hayes, who had less votes. He was awarded all 20 Electoral college votes from the disputed states, giving him the necessary 185. So this commission is set. The one controversial, controversial elector who replaced another in Oregon decides, I'm going to go for a haze. This commission that had been set up by Congress, 15 members, said, okay, well, we'll give you all 20, Hayes. And there's Tilden, who had more electoral college votes a much more significant popular vote, he loses. He loses. Well, the Democrats didn't take this sitting down. They threatened to filibuster and block the official voting count. And the issue was settled in negotiation in Washington's Warmly Hotel in February 1877. The Democrats would accept Hayes' victory, provided Hayes removed all federal troops from the South. And you know what that led to? The survival of the Ku Klux Klan after Ulysses S. Grant sent the United States Army down there to wipe them out. And the reversal of Reconstruction. It effectively killed Reconstruction. That was 1876. What about 2000? Al Gore and George Bush. It all came down to the outcome in Florida. Depending on how you counted, just a few hundred votes separating the candidates in Florida to determine who would be president of the United States. Al Gore starts with the lawsuits. And the lawsuits go back and forth. The recounts begin in full force. Chads, hanging chads. And on and on and on. Went on for a month and a week. The state Supreme Court kept changing the rules to try and help Al Gore. Finally, the U.S. Supreme Court steps in 
It says enough is enough. Enough is enough. Bush, who won 30 states, counting Florida, maintained a razor-thin five-vote majority in the Electoral College. Up until that time, would be the first candidate in 112 years to win the presidency without prevailing in the popular vote. Eighteen seventy-six election. Several states sent two sets of electors. I guess today you'd say, "Oh, fake electors for Congress to sort out." Not a grand jury. That wasn't illegal. It wasn't unconstitutional. They weren't fake. They were close races. They weren't resolved, at least to the belief of one party or the other. Both sets are sent, and Congress has to make the decision. 1960, two slates of electors were submitted by Hawaii because the election results first went to Nixon and then went to Kennedy. So they sent both slates, Republican and Democrat, to Congress to sort out. And do you know who the president of the of the joint session of Congress was back then, America. He was the vice president of the United States. You may have heard of him. Richard Nixon. And Nixon sided with the Kennedy electors. But they hate Nixon. Congressional Democrats have challenged the elections by trying to overturn The selection of electors in several states, they tried it in 2000, 2004, 2016. To no avail. Because their fellow members of Congress stopped them. That's how this is decided. Vice President Pence today has gotten much more dramatic and animated, hasn't he? Donald Trump told him to reverse the course of the election. Donald Trump told him not to count electors. Donald Trump told him this. Donald Trump told him that. But Mike Pence withstood the pressure, my God. He stood there and said no. So what? He's not the first. That's his view. But I read the Constitution again today, as I do almost every day. What authority does the vice president actually have when it comes to disputes? The Constitution doesn't tell us. So I went to Madison's notes. Mr. Constitution, what do they say? Madison's notes don't tell us. And yet John Eastman and other lawyers who said that the vice president has the power to send electors back to the state or to wait on the process or to find out what's going on or to appoint a commission the way they had a commission in 1876. He's a kook. And all the other experts are right. To this day, we have no idea. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best. The best of Mark Levin. My public advice to President Trump's legal team, Mr. Producer, it's team, T-E-A-M, not time. The Biden administration has created a legal morass never seen or experienced in American history as applies to a presidential election. The attorney general appointed by the Democrat president is authorizing indictment after indictment of his president's possible, if not likely, political opponent in the middle of a presidential election cycle. He's doing so through his appointment of a special counsel, whose appointment was a misapplication of the special counsel regulation, and whose charges must be approved by the attorney general himself. And parenthetically, by the way, as an important side issue, Jack Smith is not a presidential appointee. He never even stood for confirmation by the Senate to hold the position, check for typos, Rich, to hold the position he holds and to exercise the authority he is exercising against a party opponent. It should be noted at the same time the Attorney General refuses to appoint an outside special counsel to investigate his client, Joe Biden, 
despite the fact the Department of Justice regulation was originally instituted for these exact circumstances. Of course, this underscores the purpose and motive of what is taking place before us today. The Attorney General is approving the timing of dozens of charges against the former Republican president, who is actively seeking his party's nomination to challenge the Democrat president for whom he directly reports, which are intended to cripple the ability of Donald Trump to effectively run for president, regardless of what polls show today. Regardless of what the commentariats say, and despite President Trump's strength within the Republican Party, the outcome of the election is unknown. Therefore, the polls are irrelevant in this regard. Moreover, as further evidence that these indictments are being used as political weapons are the timing of the charges. Specifically, all of these charges by the separate grand juries, all controlled by the special counsel, should have been filed after the election, as there was no possibility the statute of limitations would run on any of them. Furthermore, the special counsel repeatedly insists that the charges must be quickly adjudicated, meaning before the people vote, for the purpose of having maximum influence on the election. In addition, the charges have resulted in the significant depletion of Trump's campaign funds to pay for millions in legal fees. Trump has to take significant time from campaigning to address the dozens of charges dropped on him by the Biden administration. That is, he has to expend an enormous amount of time working with his lawyers in order to defend himself from charges that collectively would result in his imprisonment until his death. The fact is that this kind of legal warfare against a presidential against a presidential and possible if not likely opponent to the present president is not only unprecedented in the history of our republic, it will destroy our electoral system for all time. It's not something that should that should be left to various district courts or local courts to sort out in the course of regular judicial proceedings. In fact, that is part of the intended strategy by the prosecutors who are engaged in this assault on our electoral system. They must not be rewarded for their behavior. They must not be rewarded for their treachery and exploitation of the legal system and the courts to achieve their political ends. Even while getting to the merits of these multitude of charges, which are easily unraveled from my perspective, the process is what is being used to interfere with the election. And the near silence by those who are orchestrating this shocking legal warfare, when the American people are left in the dark, is untenable. Therefore, I want to publicly encourage the Trump legal team to seek an emergency hearing before the United States Supreme Court. Not to resolve legal disputes, but to at least temporarily halt the abomination of this legal warfare that is unfolding in front of us, where Democrats and anti-Trump Republicans are unashamedly celebrating the use of the courts by the Biden administration and Democrat district attorneys to further their political wishes as the rest of the nation watches in shock. This unprecedented legal warfare requires an unprecedented response by the only constitutional body left that can do something about it. The United States Supreme Court. This is my view. Because what is taking place today in various courthouses and so forth and so on is part of the strategy. The legal system is slow. It is the process. It is the process that's the killer here. And they know it. And they're playing the process. By unloading all these indictments. By taking Trump off the campaign field. By depleting his resources. By influencing people who are not like you and me. People who still vote. Two-thirds of the nation that are not part of the Republican base. That's who this is aimed at. The polls don't matter. The polls and the pollsters are fickle. We should know that by now. And it's not about polls. 
And on top of all this, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden has been able to sit on a beach and laugh while his Department of Injustice does all the dirty work. While the Democrat DAs do all the dirty work. And the media do all the dirty work. You see, folks, I look at this holistically. That's what I do. And I get into the weeds, too, with the best of them. But you got to take a step back from time to time and say, what the hell's going on here? None of this is by coincidence. All of it is purposeful. If you have any shot at stopping it, you have to get past the trial courts, past the appellate courts, and within within the time frame of this campaign, hope that the U.S. Supreme Court sees, at least four of them do, in order to take up a cert petition, what the rest of us see. This would not be the Supreme Court interfering in a political process. This would be the Supreme Court defending the Constitution. Never before has a political party and opponents of a candidate, never before have they sunk so low as to take the law and twist it into a pretzel like this. To use the law, to use grand juries, to use charging documents, to use subpoenas, search warrants, and activist judges appointed by the same party to undertake such treachery. And if upon an emergency request of the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court turns its back, then there's no stopping this today tomorrow, next election, for the rest of this republic's life. We're just getting shorter by the day. I look at people like Bill Barr, Chris Christie, Larry Hogan, and others. Trump brought this on himself, don't you know? No, he didn't. No, he didn't at all. The people who are doing it brought it on. I want to remind you about who Joe Biden is and that he will sink to any level he must. When he thought it would help him back home to be a racist segregationist, he was a racist segregationist who literally opposed the integration of inner city public schools. He was the George Wallace, the Orville Faubus of Delaware. He's a chameleon. He will do anything. He tried to destroy the reputation of one of the greatest legal minds this nation has ever seen, Bob Bork. What was Bob Bork's crime? He was a true constitutionalist. He was nominated to the United States Supreme Court by Ronald Reagan, so they destroyed him. Clarence Thomas, a black man, would not go down on bended knee and beg his white accusers on the Senate Judiciary Committee for their votes. Defended himself against a typical stereotype used against black men by the Klansmen and others. Accusing him of sexual harassment, if you will. Certainly there are justices on the Supreme Court who understand what I'm talking about, including the very disappointing Kavanaugh. Including John Roberts, if he would actually wake up to reality and see what is taking place in this country. There's only one body left that if asked, Cannon should step in. And stop this abomination. It is destroying our country. We were reminded last night. 
by an Israeli, Carolyn Glick. Born in America, who said, one of the great legal minds in Israel who she spoke to said, you know, in the United States, the Dred Scott decision, which was decided in 1857, the impact of that decision took a few years to really settle in. And it served as the foundation for the Civil War. Unfortunately, I believe we've reached this point. I don't say it to be provocative. I say it out of the gravest of concerns. I say it in order that we might avoid the potential of what could happen. A combustible situation. Because this can't go on forever. And when I hear media types say, We're kind of getting used to this, aren't we, Martha? Getting used to this. It's Thursday, it must be more indictments. Three times now, and a fourth coming in Atlanta. This isn't a joke. This isn't a sporting event. This is serious. To the survivability of this republic. I'm not getting used to any of it. I'm getting sick to my stomach every time it happens. You and I know in our heart of hearts that this is utterly and completely unjust. Alvin Bragg brought phony charges against Donald Trump. The case that was brought the other day, January 6th, utterly phony. A phony case. The documents case, or even the best of these so-called legal analysts think it's a much tougher case. In truth, if the judge is, is really honest and has integrity, when and I hope soon the right motions are filed, she will throw that case out of her courtroom as fast as she possibly can. This is one political party trying to destroy another. This is one political party trying to monopolize elections, federal law enforcement, and the entire justice system. If they get away with it, it's over. It's over. It's over. 